Crown of Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and in today's episode our guest is Dallas McEwen. Dallas is the Executive Director First People's Strategies at Crowner Plus. In this episode we explore Dallas's journey from enrolled nurse to her current role along with the importance of a good cup of coffee. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Hi Dallas, it's lovely for you to join us on the Crownercast podcast. Really looking forward to chatting with you today about your experience and your current role in um, Crowner Plus. So thank you for your time. And I guess just to get the ball rolling, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your profession, your experience, your qualifications, and basically where you where you started out in health and where you are now. Lovely. Thank you, Kate. I'm very excited to be presenting today. Here I am sitting at Crowner Plus as the Executive Director of First People's Strategy. Um, my my working profession up to here is I, I started out um, when I was quite young uh, cooking out on cattle stations. I don't know what it was. I don't think it was the, the you know, this fantasy that it was going to be, you know, cowboys riding past on horses and, you know, people looking really elegant on, you know, riding around on horses, but it was more than that. Um, So after I uh, finished working out on cattle stations, cooking, just um, having a lovely, very social life, I went um, to back home to where my parents were and my mum, uh, Morn, was a, a registered nurse and she sort of said to me, you know, come on, you're in your 20s now, it's time to grow up a bit. What do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I thought, um, and I looked at her and I could see in her eyes that she was saying, you want to be a nurse. So, Please be a nurse. So wanting to be, you know, the favourite child, uh, I said, I want to be a nurse. So um, that was it. I went. Um, there, there was intakes. It was uh, it was uh, enrolled nursing training in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, and this was we were probably the third last cohort before it then went to TAFE colleges and universities for registered nursing. So I went. Um, I was accepted. There was only four in my cohort, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, did the first six weeks at primary healthcare. You know, learning how to take blood pressures and temperatures and then you got really excited because you got to go to the ward and actually practice on real people. So that's sort of the start of it. And I really, so I did my 12 months enrolled nurse 
um, training at Mariba Hospital uh, in far north Queensland. And um, after that, I thought uh, I need to go somewhere and learn more. So I went to Alice Springs and I worked um, at the old people's home, at the old time as it was mm -hmm. called. And I really enjoyed that aged care nursing. It was really, it was caring and it was really lovely experience. Mm. And then I decided to go up to um, Darwin. So I went to Royal Darwin Hospital and we worked there for a little while. So when I started seeing a lot of Aboriginal people coming into Royal Darwin Hospital really acutely unwell, I started then thinking, what about preventative health? Um, then I learned about this thing called primary health care. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited because I thought, primary health care, this makes sense. So I went to the dark side of, of, of you know, care and, and I went across to primary health care. So I took myself off to university down in uh, Lismore and did a two-year undergraduate degree in Aboriginal health and community development. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the good thing was falling back on nursing to get me through uni so I could pick up shifts. Um, and then after that, I ended up here in Cairns at the Tropical Public Health Unit as a um, Indigenous uh, Health Promotion Officer in Communicable Disease Control. And I ended up staying in Queensland Health for 10 years uh, in, in the main health promotion officer and communicable disease control, working on really interesting projects uh, around uh, at that stage pneumococcal uh, and influenza programs. So I did a bit of work there and then my sort of curious side got the better of me and I started looking at research. So I ended up going to JCU here in Cairns and doing a master's of research and um, then ended up managing a really large research project, two large research projects, one around tobacco control and the other one around adult health checks. And I was at JCU for three years. Um, yeah, so in the meantime, I sort of, um, you know, dabbled in research projects, one-off one research projects, which was mm -hmm. always really interesting. And from that then, I thought I really want to learn about management. So I, um, with, the, with the qualifications I had and the experience I had, I then ended up managing Aboriginal health services around the place um, in different areas. And that was really good because, you know, you get to see that primary health care in action. Um, and, yeah, then did a bit of a stint in Queensland Health working in the Indigenous Health Directorate um, on project work. And uh, from that, um, yeah, I had the really good fortune in 2017 to be employed by Gigi Healing, which is the Aboriginal Health Service in um, Mount Isa. And they were taking over the um, primary health care centre in Normanton, which is a, mm -hmm. a remote community in um, the Gulf of Carpentaria. Mm -hmm. And I had the good fortune to be the um, transition manager for that pro program, which was really great to see mainstream come across to Aboriginal community control and primary health care. Mm -hmm. So that was a really fascinating um, uh, position to be in, get to be immersed in a, in a, in a small community, um, you know, the highs, the lows, the goods, the bad, the ugly. Mm. And, um, and then I ended up back here in Cairns uh, working for another organisation in, in primary health care and health promotion. Mm. Um, and then 18 months ago, I see uh, Krana Plus advertising 
this position here, and it was the inaugural um, uh, executive director of First People Strategies. And I thought, yeah, I've got a bit of age and wisdom about me. And I thought this is a nice segue into, into this. And um, that's how I've ended up here. And I think that it's all those experiences I've had in the past that have actually led me to here where I am today. I'm, I'm always fascinated. So I, I'm a registered nurse by trade. And so many people you talk to, either nurse, especially nurses, but people within the healthcare industry that, you know, they start out in healthcare and it takes them on this wild journey of all these different experiences and nothing that perhaps they even planned of or even thought of in the first place. And it's, I just find it fascinating how people end up where they are at this point in time. So, yeah. Um, so with your current role, do you want to tell us a bit about the purpose of that and, you know, the focus, what you're trying to achieve in this role? Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, without, with all due respect, I would say that um, nursing is quite a militant, um, you know, very, very structured uh, industry to be in. Mm. And I think, I mean, we are carers, but I think sometimes we, we miss the care bit. We actually become so entrenched in this is what has to be done, when it has to be done, that we miss a bit of that care and, and looking through a different lens. And so when you when you meet somebody and they, you know, they say, oh, this is the way it's done, you can say, but have you thought about it in a different lens? So I think that's, that's how I am here at Krana Plus. It's it's how, that's the lens you're looking through, but take it from my lens, which is my worldviews, which are completely different. Mm. Um, you know, sure, there's there's similarities, but there's differences as well. You know, um, being Aboriginal, having um, a real community, a real family focus. Uh, it, it, it's a collective of people, not individuals. Mm. I think that's the difference. So the work that we do here, when we look at at um, a program. Uh, it's not it's not black and white it has to be there has to be blurrings in it to make sure that it fits everybody mm -hmm. um, yeah so what are some of the perhaps unique um, aspects of culture you mentioned community you know it's more of a community focus than an individual focus uh, are there other things like that that we need to be aware of when um, healthcare is being provided or being offered for people um, from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities? Yeah, I don't think we should always presume that people have got the resources that we would necessarily think they should have. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we know that a lot of our communities um, are not financially well off. Um, and so if you're going to, um, you know, say to somebody, these you've got to take these tablets, you've got to ensure that they have got, they can actually afford the medication. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, please let's not have that discussion that we get everything for free because we far from do get things for free. Um, I wish that was true. I'd probably have a few more dollars in my pocket. Um, so I think that it's that, it's thinking that just because I'm the mother of that child doesn't mean that I'm necessarily raising that child. That child could be being raised by my sister or could be being raised by my mother. So it's just because I'm the mother of that child, we're all actually mothers of that child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the decision-making as well, 
if you ask me, can we do this with this child? I'm going to ask everybody else. And it's not because I can't make a decision. It's because we all have, we all have, um, you know, a relationship with, with the child. We all have, you know, the, the child's best interest at heart. So it's that collectivism again. Yeah. Um, so what challenges perhaps does that bring up in, in your role or, um, you know, in, in general within? Uh, sadly, sadly, I would say that racism is alive and well. Um, and we just need to scratch the surface and it boils out. You know, in and, you know, I have been in situations where, you know, nurses have considered themselves to be, you know, the holders of the knowledge. They know what's right. They know what's best. And if you don't follow what they say, therefore, you know, you're in the wrong. And I think there's, there are there are still within nursing a lot of people who have got very overt racist um, attitudes and that is that comes out in the way they treat people mm-hmm. and to me that's the worst thing is is treating somebody with disrespect and I always think about what's been said to me you know you treat people the way you want to be treated and when I see particularly nurses being very unkind or saying unkind things about people, I think, imagine if that was my mother, imagine if that was my my daughter that was being spoken to like that. I can understand why people get angry and, and retaliate because it's like you shouldn't speak to anybody like that and imagine if that was said to you. So I think it's the, it's the overt racism that, that still upsets me in our industry today. Yeah. So within within your role, so you, you're looking at strategies. So what are some of the strategies you're looking at? Um, yeah. So some of the strategies include, well, some of the things are providing um, webinars and, and, you know, professional development to staff here because not everybody has had a lot to do with Aboriginal people. If you were brought up, you know, in a, in a white mainstream Australia and that's where you've nursed, etc., you mightn't have come across Aboriginal people or if you have, it's one or two. Yeah. Whereas, you know, in, in the areas that we work, which is rural and remote Australia, the majority of our clients are Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. So understanding that is really important. So some of the work that we do here is around that. We look at, um, we're currently developing uh, in-house a cultural safety induction. So anyone who starts with us understands, and I'm not talking cultural awareness where it's like, you know, do this, don't go there, wear this. I'm talking about cultural safety, ensuring that you self-reflect on you and your attitude. Yeah. So, which is really confronting for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with confronting and having to think about the way you treat people. No, it's a health it's a healthy process for, for all of us in you know numerous situations. So it is it's important. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so some of the other things are we have um, courses here. So Krana Plus provides um, courses to to um, 
remote area nurse, well, to any any nursing staff around um, advanced life skills and paediatric emergency courses, maternity emergency um, care, etc. And we have one that will be focused on Aboriginal health workers and practitioners. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, looking at what's best practice, etc. So we used to have a program here and it's been, it's sort of, you know, like all things dies a natural death. And so we are starting up uh, developing a new program called MIRI. And Miri in my, my, my language, the Yuwalare people means star. So, you know, Miri as a guiding star for people to come and learn, health workers and health practitioners to come and learn uh, different pathways, mm -hmm. yeah, around care. So that's the sort of work that I really enjoy is, is developing new resources. Um, the work that's done here now, the current, you know, course content, um, I've been really privileged to be um, asked to review it to ensure that it does, you know, um, have cultural safety embedded in it, uh, that we are being really respectful. And, yeah, I really enjoy that, that there's those opportunities here to ensure that the products that are being rolled out are appropriate for people. So what's what are, what are the things you really love about your role? What's the positives? What 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 gets you up every morning? I think some of the things that get me up in the morning is the thought of a really good coffee. <laughs> uh, that's the number one. Um, and after that, I think the one thing here that I really enjoy at Krona Plus is is the leadership. Mm. Um, very, I feel very fortunate that this position sits at the executive level with some really, really good people. Our CEO, Catherine Isbista, uh, leads the team with integrity and the same with the rest of the, the executive. Um, there's, there's good discussion, there's um, good decision making. It's, um, it challenges you at times, but at the end of the day, you know there's respect there and I like that. Yeah, that's so important. Absolutely. Um, I think some of the other things that get me out is is the organisation is really committed to social justice. Mm. And so everything that we do in any arena considers those social justice, um, you know, principles, which is which is nice. It tells us that we are very human. Uh, the co my colleagues here, I also enjoy meeting uh, other people in other organisations that are related because rural and remote workforce is is really specialised and you know there are a lot of us scattered all over the country so it's nice to be able to connect with people and there's some things that you think oh I've never thought of that before or there's other things that they say to you gee that's a great idea you know we should think about that yeah, yeah. well that yeah. that really leads us on nicely into you know what type of advice would you give to people either personal or on a professional level looking at entering remote practice Look, I think that I think that it's something that you, if if you are considering going into a rural remote um, location, ensure that you've got the skills that are required. Because sometimes you're it. Sometimes there's nobody else there but you to pick to pick up whatever comes through that door, and you don't know what's coming through that door. So you've got to make sure that you've got the skills. So I would suggest that you look at a pathway into rural and remote nursing and um, 
certainly Krana Plus and there are other organisations that can provide that support or, or give you guidance on that pathway, that would be my first bit of advice. My second bit of advice would be have a go and do it because, you know, it's it's unique. You, you can say I'm going to do a six-month stint in Timbuktu when you get there, it's the best experience of your life and you end up staying there and, you know, 10 years later, it's like I'm, I'm going to leave one of these days. So yeah. it, it, there's something special about being in, in a remote area. There really is. Well, thank you, Dallas. I have so enjoyed our discussion today. I um, appreciate your time and your willingness to share. So, again, thank you, um, and it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Kate. I've enjoyed it too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cranacast and we hope you're enjoying the stories and experiences of the remote health workforce. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush Support Line is available to provide confidential support 24-7 to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. Look out for the next episode of Chronicast on the 20th of May to hear about another wonderful journey. Until next time, take care.